Hey, it's Bill Simmons. The Ringer is very excited about our new podcast that went through a lot of name iterations. What'd you decide on, Larry Wilmore? Larry Wilmore, Black on the Air. What, what was the runner-up? <laughs> well, the Bill Simmons idea was, was it Lar Lar Land? <laughs> Lar Lar. <laughs> was that what it was? Lar Lar Land. Lar Lar. Where With do, the <laughs> you think people are going to subscribe to Lar Lar Land? <laughs> that joke was that it would be the worst that, idea for a podcast. No, it was horrible. You don't want people thinking worst when they're No, I wanted you to have a good one. This is a very good name. So what's going to be on this podcast? It's going to be me kind of uh, weighing in on some of the issues of the day with my audience. And then I'll be interviewing some really cool people during the podcast. Each week it'll be somebody different. Uh, sometimes like culture, sometimes politics, sometimes sports, sometimes maybe an interest of mine, sometimes television. I've worked a lot in television. Yeah. We got Norman Lear coming up, Bernie Sanders, Neil deGrasse Tyson. So lots of great guests. Awesome. Welcome to the podcasting Thanks, world, Larry Wilmore. Subscribe to Larry Wilmore's podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. It's a miracle. There's a second week. I didn't think it would happen, but thanks for coming back. We actually had a strong week last week. Number four amongst all podcasts in America. Yep, it's, um, this is according to the podcast app on your iPhone. If you go to podcast and then top charts, we were number four most of the week. And i like to thank everyone for subscribing and listening and I guess it's more important to subscribe than listen. So if you haven't already, shut us down right now and subscribe and then never listen again, right? Tate, is that correct? Is that how it works? Yes, that is very true. <laughs> Fair point. That's how it works, right? Okay, good, good. So do that right now. Uh, all right, well, if you're still listening, I told you not to listen, but if you are still listening, uh, we lost to S-Town. I think uh, that's a podcast about a genius antique clockmaker who kills himself. So we can't really compete with that. This is a gambling podcast. A little later on, we're going to have James Scully on. He won $75,000 Kentucky Derby Superfecta last Saturday. I'm praying to God he didn't just try gambling for the first time last Saturday. I don't want to hate the guy. But um, coming up right now, my degenerate trifecta, three buddies I grew up with who have a gambling problem, much like I do. If you followed our advice, you made money last week. A couple of us gave out winners, and those guys are on the line right now. And a couple of them are, are very full of themselves right now. Let's introduce, especially Darren Sicoli. Darren, the parlay kid. What's happening, Darren? <laughs> hey, Sal. How's it going today? Darren, you want, Darren's going through a little bit of an identity crisis. He, he came up with uh, like six nicknames in about four days. And he want, we went through the parlay kid, Dr. Parlay, Coach, uh, the Chalk Talker on, on Twitter. What are we going? Are we going with the parlay kid? Let's let's say the parlay kid right now, Sal. All right. At least while I'm, I'm a winner, plus three thirty winner this week, Sal. Plus, plus three thirty. So that's what the parlay. Uh, remind everyone what the three team parlay you gave out last week was. Okay. Well, we had the Wizards mm -hmm. uh, last week. Right. Game uh, three. three. Yep. We had the St. Louis Blues. Mm -hmm. uh, we had them in uh, the fifth game of that series. Right. And we had the over nine and a half rounds of the Canelo Chavez fight. Right. And you didn't even uh, I heard like you didn't even watch that fight. You were so nervous, right? Sal, you know what? I watched that. I really didn't watch the fight. I was at Brian's house for the fight. Mm -hmm. And uh quite frankly, I was uh, very nervous about the fight. You know why though, Sal? Why <laughs> do you think me. I was nervous? I don't know. Well, you well, okay. you, you gave well, out the pick, right? I, what what I realized when I was outside Brian's house pacing, I couldn't watch the fight. Mm -hmm. And I realized that this isn't this isn't about us. This podcast isn't about us. Oh. Is it? It's not really about us, right? I thought it was. Who would, no, tell me. Enlighten me. Who's it about? Uh, no, it's about, it's, about, it's about those everyday Joes, those Patty Burks. Right. Who get up, they grab their lunch pail, they put their head down, they grind out their day, and uh, this show, this show gives them a little hope in their lives. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, kind of, I kind of felt that way this week. After Excellent. that. You know, then I hit a plus 330 parlay and, uh, you know, giving people a little something to believe. In. I like that. Maybe we are better than S-Town. I hadn't thought about it. Well, that's great. Yeah, Brian yeah. said you were, you were walking. Think about that. You were in his backyard walking on dog shit. You wouldn't watch the fight because and, – and, but <laughs> you gave up. I step in some dog shit. <laughs> you gave, he, he has two little dogs. I stepped in dog shit. Yes, that right. did happen. <clears throat> we did. That we, did happen. Sal, Sal, it was, it was great. Story. After the first round, he's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so 
starting in the second round, he would go outside, perfectly time it for three minutes, come back inside. I'd give him a recap. I'd say, you know, Canelo was kicking his ass, but he didn't really hurt him. Right. We did this till round 10. I mean, he just kept going outside for three minutes, coming back in. Excellent. It's pretty pathetic. Yeah, it looked but like... listen, I didn't miss anything in that fight. I didn't miss anything in that fight. Tell me, right? I mean, it was not, I didn't miss anything. No, he dominated, and, it you know, he just didn't, I guess, have enough power to knock him out. But then I tell you what, I, I think maybe it was planned. And, Brian, let's get to your win. You, you gave out... What did you give out? Yeah, I had Canelo by decision. So I had that at even money, but I know... The day of the fight, it was going off at like plus 120 or even, so you got it somewhere in there. Right, so by decision. So you might have been a little nervous, too, because he was pounding him. He was pounding uh, Cesar Chavez Jr., but couldn't take him off his feet, really, right? Yeah, no, he never, you know, for as much as, like, I was worried at the beginning a little bit, but he never really truly hurt him. I mean, Chavez was just kind of just looking to survive the whole fight, so right. I was never really that nervous. Uh, but yeah, he definitely um, he definitely uh, took some punishment. So for let, sure. let's talk about so then right after the fight in WWE fashion, Triple G comes out and they announce that as the next fight. It's gonna, not that night, but it's going to be uh, when is that now? That's going to be in September. September sixteenth. September sixteenth. Triple G against Canelo. That's correct. And I was thinking about it, and I said that might be the first fight. I can't remember the last fight where you look at him and you think you're out of your mind to bet against either of these guys. What was the last time we had a matchup like that? I know. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah, what, the thing was, Sal, when he came out, right, mm-hmm. I mean, it, was, it truly was it was truly WWE style. And it was probably the smartest thing boxing's done in, like, the last 50 years. They right. definitely took a page from some of the MMA stuff. But you and I were talking about this. Like, if we knew – when he was coming out, if he was actually going to be coming out, Triple G, like how much will we have bet that night on Canelo? On Canelo, but especially... How much would you have bet? I, I'll even bet more on Canelo by decision, I think, because it's like, uh, why is he going to knock himself out knocking this guy out? You know, it's like, that makes me think that he's just happy to win the fight. And I will say, I, in a way, it was a great decision by boxing, but it's also a little weird because if that fight were close and they gave it to Canelo and then Triple G comes out, it's like, oh boy, we're back in... Uh, fixed land again but uh it didn't work it wasn't that at all and he he just crushed him uh we guessed that the line would be minus 180 brian darren what we thought right about that yeah we thought about 180 went off about one but it opened up at one minus 160 160 i saw 160 165 all right so i don't know who we go yeah i think and and then today it's at minus 175 it's back up see i think there's a little value in triple g i think as great as he is i think canelo has a little more popularity and people have seen him fight more so i think uh I really think Triple G should be like a minus 230 probably, but I don't know. Again, how do you bet against either of these guys? I don't think it happens. Yeah, I know. When we were first looking at it, we, like if you looked at this months ago, right, we were thinking Triple G was like minus 300, right, So Right, yeah, I think that would and be then, about Yeah, and then Triple G looked a little vulnerable against Jacobs and, you know, Canelo facing the dud. It definitely swayed the odds, so mm-hmm. we're definitely going to be jumping on Triple G as long as he stays under like the minus 200 range. All right, I, I like it. All right, now let's get to the losers. Harry the horse, my friend Harry. You gave out uh, some bad horse advice. Is that correct, Harry? I gave out a five-horse trifecta box, which none of the horses came in the top three, and I also gave the number 10 horse out to win, and he was never shown at all. Yeah. I don't know. I I think some of those horses I don't even think were in the race. I try to look uh, afterwards. You know, I... You know, I I text uh, I text Darren early on Saturday, and I said, Darren, you watch the five horse is going to kill it, mm-hmm. and that was my worst thought of sitting down watching it and watch watching the five horse go start off great, go wire to wire, win it, but I'm like, ah, that's not going to happen. Right. Exactly what happened, and I uh, didn't even have a chance. Yeah, you didn't have a chance. That's interesting, you know, Harry, because you know, I'm I actually close. said to you, the five horse is going to win. Right, you did, you did. You know, it's 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 silly. Betting uh, betting horses is crazy. Uh, you know, I gotta be. I'm 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 done with horses. Gotta get back on the sports. I'm done with horses till till uh, till at least the Preakness. Okay, good. All right, you have a good uh, week and a half before <laughs> that. That's excellent. <laughs> Let me tell you, this is basically how it's gonna go. Like uh, the Scully brothers, uh, you know, the uh, 
the the chalk talker. I'm sorry, parlay kid and uh, and brother Brian are probably going to win <laughs> most of the time, and then Harry and I are going to lose. It's just is what happened in college. We just I I have a story like Harry and I. I don't know. I must have been a junior or in college, and we we were down so much with the local bookie that uh, luckily he the local bookie also ran the rec league, and he liked us, and he told us we could work off our debt at six dollars a game. We could ref uh, these twelve year old and um, <laughs> uh, basketball games. So Harry and I would ref the same game, and like I remember thinking, oh, like six dollars. I'm gonna have to. Ref 130 games to pay this back. This is crazy. So that seemed uh, outrageous and like it was never going to happen. So Harry and I took it upon ourselves. What did we do? We went and gambled against each other on the game, actual games that we were refereeing. And it, it became crazy. Like Harry was calling travels on guys that didn't even have the ball. It was stupid. And we uh, quickly got fired from that. Right, Harry? We, we can't do anything right. <laughs> we got booted. You know, it's a, it was, uh, you know, I blame at the time because we had to do that and we had to make money extra off the side. I blame three-team basketball teasers for our for the, for the whole situation. Oh yeah, they killed them. right. Three-team basketball teasers. Good I, God! I had Duke every single night. I don't think I've learned anything. I still. Uh, oh, you had Duke all the time. I, I bet the same I, teams every time. I bet the same ways, and uh, and uh, yeah. So then we got fired. I think I I did the unthinkable and asked uh, it, to borrow the money from my parents. Um, that I and don't. Uh, I recommend do not ever. They they still. Don't let me forget about it. And I, I would suggest that don't ever borrow money from your parents to pay gambling debts. Figure out a different way. And, um, yeah, I think that's just uh, – Didn't you Didn't you tell your father a little bit about it or not really? I had to. I thought you did, didn't he, you? He wanted to know yeah. about it. And I, I got a stern lecture, and I, I get one like every six months uh, since then for oh. the rest of my life. Brian, th- Brian, those were the days when Sal owed me money. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I find that hard. You borrowed money from me. It'll happen again. It'll happen again. All right. So that was your loss, Harry. You had the you had the horses, and now uh, my bet was game. Help me out here. I try to forget about this, but it was game two. Game, it was Golden State's two. right. Game Golden two. State's last game at home. Um, I gave it out minus twelve and a half, and somehow they're up thirteen um, with about seven seconds left. And Shelvin Mack takes the ball. He's running up the court inside and somehow Draymond Green decides to foul him up 13 with five seconds left and Shelvin Mack goes to the line and sinks too and I just laughed because that that's that's kind of how it has to be for me uh out of the gate with this podcast I give out a miserable loser off the bat but it made me think like should there be a gentleman's agreement between coaches on how to handle the last 10 seconds of a blowout and this is just it 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 should what do you think Darren have you given this some thought well, listen, I, I do coach, as you know. I coach uh, several basketball teams. Right. So let me speak from, like, just a, uh, you know, from a youth perspective. There's been plenty of times I've been up, down, uh, by a lot at the end of the game. You always might have that one kid who hasn't scored all year, mm-hmm. right, and, and you're looking for a basket. So the coaches kind of you kind of understand that. But at a pro level, uh, there's also got to be an understanding. Like, the, ball, the ball should stop basically moving at that point. Uh, we go back to that itself. You remember that game back in April uh, with Memphis against the Knicks. You remember that game? I was just going to say. Knicks were, the Knicks were getting 12 and a half uh, points, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're down by 10. The, you know, uh, the, the benches have almost cleared. I think people were almost walking onto the court. And a gentleman by the name of Wade Baldwin IV hits basically like a half-court shot. Right. Grizzlies win by 13 and cover. That's like the right. fifth Baldwin brother. I, he does a terrible. Uh, uh, well, I was going to say crazy, but yeah. you can't really get upset about that because Baldwin may never have made a basket in his life. That right. might have been the only basket right. he ever made. So you can't get too angry about that. But and he's probably going to be in the, amongst coaches. He's probably going to be in the D League after that. What do you What do you guys think, uh, Brian? What are your thoughts well, on this? Well, uh, you know, it's weird. It's because you know a guy like Adam Silver, right, is big into well, he's kind of pro betting. I don't know if he'd say he's pro betting, but he's like kind of all for it. So what are they going to do going forward? Like, you know, as this becomes more, you know, a betting league, I don't know. 
I don't know what you do at the end of these games. I mean, it's pretty dangerous for sure when you're taking the spread. Well, here's why it's it dangerous because I'm gonna I'm gonna I pick up a remote control and I don't even look where I'm throwing it, but it, it it's gonna land somewhere and it's gonna hit one of these my my kids in the head, and uh, that's why I'm worried about it. That's why they have to come to an agreement because I think like whichever way you feel about like the health plan. People are going to have heart attacks from some of these. Like, it's bad enough to lose a, a, an, an event the way the way it normally goes down, let alone, you know, guys chucking up threes when they're not even covered up, up 12 and a half or guys fouling guys for no reason, uh, you know, when they're driving the baseline with seven seconds left. What well, do you think, Harry? Well, Sal, you know, like at the end of – well, you know – at the end of game three between Boston and Washington, even though there was no spread involved at the time because uh, Washington was crushing Boston, you could read Brad Stevens with 15 seconds to go. They showed him on the screen, and he told his team, you could read his lips, he said, don't shoot. And even mm-hmm. though that game had some uh, you know, some pushing and shoving and technicals and everything, he just said, don't shoot. Basically saying, just, it's over. And these, Darren, you're right, these coaches should just have something and, and to – so we don't talk about the shadiness factor so badly. Yeah, and as a, as former uh, crooked referees, Harry, even we have a problem with it. So you, <laughs> you know something needs to be done. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, you know, yeah, for the most part, they do run the clock out. They do dribble it out, and they do a nice job with it. But when something like this happens, it just it's just gut-wrenching. And, um, yeah, they, they need to figure something out. But, uh, all right, the NBA draft order odds are out. Um this is, uh, I think it's next week that they're going to pull the, pull the ping pong balls and decide who drafts first. Uh, and this is the worst. I mean, actually, if you're betting on ping pong balls, you have a problem beyond any problem. But these odds are ridiculous, right, Brian? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the funny thing about this, right, is like the NBA drafts the lottery. So why would someone actually bet on a lottery right like that would be like if you were if you could imagine betting on like an individual to win say like the new york lottery like why would yeah. you do that and and so i think if i could recall i think in 2000 was it 2011 that you won this i think i did it was like cleveland via yeah cleveland via someone else and i, I did win this right? yeah i really just i just guessed of course it's just a guess it's, it's stupid but the <laughs> the odds are just awful because like all right so the celtics have a 25 percent chance to win that should be without vig that should be four to one odds but it's plus 280 so this is this is like so brian like if i say to you hey oh man i like uh houston in to sweep uh you know san antonio and you're like, yeah, well, they're only giving you like 11 to 1 odds. You're, you're better off just taking them every game or whatever it is. And I'm like, holy crap, you're right. But you would have to figure that out. This, the math is right in front of you. Celtics 25%, and they're only plus 280. That's a giant VIG. Um, same with the Suns, under 20%, they're plus 380. So um, that said, who are we taking? <laughs> what are we going to do? Fine. I know. I, I know. I looked at the Celtics like getting a top three pick, right? And I think those odds are really out of whack. Like, you should be getting, I think, the ping pong balls say you should be getting, like, minus 175, but you're getting, like, minus 225. Yeah. But then again, I would still probably take it, right? Like, I have such a gambling problem, I'd still take yeah. it. Yeah. And mean, it doesn't even matter, you know? That's why I talked to Simmons about this, and, like, the, the only thing you could maybe look into it is, all right, if the NBA wants to fix this, and God knows that that it could happen, the Lakers are 5-1. to one to get the first pick. And I, I could see them doing it that way. And then you look, who's the first pick anyway? It's Markel Fultz. Like, what, why, why would they fix it? Like, that, that guy could not be great, you know? Who knows what they're going to be doing. But, um, yeah, so stay away from the NBA draft odds. But you know we'll, we'll be betting it. Yeah, sure. we will be betting it, yeah. Um, the other thing, let's, let's switch to hockey. Now, we didn't officially give this out as one of our individual best bets, but we told you – it's becoming impossible to bet these individual games before they start. Mm. So take a look at what goes on uh, during the game, and we suggest that if, if your team is down or if any team is down two goals, there are some juicy odds out there to jump on. And it happened twice, I think, right, Darren? It happened twice this week. It happened with uh, Anaheim-Edmonton, and it happened with Ottawa and the Rangers, right, where you could take a team down two goals yeah. and they won. That, right? That's correct. And, and Brian's the one who kind of came up with that, I think, at some point last week with uh, with these live odds, and it's kind of how it made sense to uh, really just uh, these two-goal leads seem to disappear pretty quickly yeah. in hockey. So 
Uh, kudos to Brian for, uh, for figuring that one out. Good job. That bro. was good. But Br- brother still, Brian did it. Yeah. Sal, I think guys, since last Wednesday, since we did it last time, there's been 10 games, and uh, I think nine of those were two-goal leads and three of them lost. I mean, one of them was right. Wednesday when we were doing the podcast, but uh, right. I think three more of those lost. And then you, get, you had, I think Friday night was when uh, Edmund, blew a three nothing lead with like three minutes left in the game. So at some, I know at the beginning of that period it was fifteen to one. I think if you took wow. between fifteen and twenty to one, if you took uh, Anaheim down three, and it was probably eighty to one by the time three minutes rolled around, right? Uh, I know at least. I mean, I, I don't even think they were on the board at that point in time. Probably at three one, you're still getting like thirty to mm-hmm. one, you know, something crazy. Imagine though, having three-goal lead with three minutes left. Not only do you lose the game, but you have to endure two more periods to get screwed. Right, right. That's I mean, honestly. I know it. I know Double it. overtime. Even the, even the games that it's a one goal, like Ottawa was down a goal to the Rangers with two minutes left, and they were 10-1 to one odds, and then they won in overtime. Um, but, yeah, you sent me that, Sal, and that was, I found that crazy because yeah. I wasn't paying attention that day, but like – 10-1 to 1 was crazy with a one-goal lead. Yeah, it seems like, yeah, after you pull the goalie, you have a decent chance of tying it. I guess you have to then win it in overtime. But, yeah, that was those were high. But even, like, you know, if you can get Ottawa, like, plus 200 with six minutes left or something, a team down one with six minutes left, that's the way to do it. Uh, we're doing this Tuesday night. Let's The uh, Caps are plus 250 to win NHL, uh, the Stanley Cup, and Nashville is plus 275. There you go. Everyone got their wish. Nashville is all of a sudden just about the co-favorite to do this. Darren, you you let me know. Oh, you teach. Man. Tell me tell me how many uh, Philippe Forsberg jerseys there are in the next few weeks. There's going to be a ton in the halls. You keep me updated on that. Oh, the NHL is they're really they're they're licking their lips over this one. They can't wait to see Nashville in the yeah, finals. it's going to be great. It's going to be that's great. a ratings disaster right there for them. Right. All right. Now let's move on to our favorite thing. Now. Uh, Pretty much all the online sports books now have uh, NFL over-unders out. They came out a few days, maybe a week after the draft. And we'll have a more in-depth podcast going through these over-unders. But I think uh, we're going to pick one each, one that stood out to each of you guys. Um, let me just first say New England leads the pack at 12.5, over-under 12.5. That's astounding. I've never seen anything that wow. big. You, you, I mean, you can't make it 13, right? That's that's too big. And then, um, let me see, Pittsburgh and Seattle are 10.5. Atlanta, Green Bay, are, and Oakland are 10. And on the uh, low side, San Francisco and Cleveland are on the bottom with 4.5 as an over-under win total. What do you got, uh, Harry? Who do you like? Who's your over-under that stood out? As of right now, I like the Vikings. The Vikings over 8.5. Right now, last time I checked, it was even money at 8.5. All right. You like the over. Why? I like- why do you like that? I like the over. I like Dalvin Cook. Uh, I like that pick. He's going to make teams regret letting him go all the way to the middle of the second round. Him and Latavius Murray are going to be a nice one-two punch that Minnesota hasn't had in the backfield like that in quite some time, having two guys go at it that and get yards mm-hmm. and take some pressure off Sam Bradford. Plus, Minnesota's defense is still stout, led by pro bowlers Xavier Rhodes and Linville Joseph. And when I checked their schedule, I checked, uh, you know, that's, an, that's another key in these, checking the schedule of the teams of who you're playing. you got to remember, Vikings get the Bears twice. Mm-hmm. And at home this year, they get the Rams and the Browns. So wow. if that's four right there, yeah. you got to, you know, you got to think that maybe uh, you, get, you, know, you only got to get five more. Mm-hmm. In eleven in uh, in eleven games, that's pretty it's good. A terrible, terrible pick, Harry. Terrible game. <laughs> well, here's why it's terrible because <laughs> Sam Bradford's your quarterback. I mean, their defense is going to keep them in games. It'll be like last keep, year. I like Cook and, and Latavius Murray. One of those will work out. But eight and a half, I just it's tough with Sam Bradford. I think eight well, and a half is right. Two Bears, Rams, and Browns. That's four. Yeah, you got you got New Orleans at home. You got New Orleans and Adrian Peterson coming there opening night. So they're going to be pumped up for that one. Mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson coming back home to Minnesota, and you get to you got to you probably split with Detroit. Yeah, all right. Then I Bradford's mean, not either. You know, maybe uh, okay. they, they they lost to the Bears last year, Harry. They, <laughs> they, they were did. Three, they, they were they lost to the Lions twice too, but they, were, they still were five and zero oh to start the season. All yeah, right. but they were three and eight in the last eleven. Which, You're right. Uh, I, I love that. We're I, fighting no, they were one of the worst teams to bet on, right? Last but but, year. but Brian, oh, Latavius yeah. Murray, and uh, and Dalvin Cook. 
Well, I, they didn't have Dalvin, a running game last year in Minnesota, really. Dalvin Cook definitely. McKinnon had 600 yards. That's it. Yeah, but Latavius Murray, I mean, being a Raider fan, I mean, he's definitely a little bit overrated. I mean, Dalvin Cook yeah. for sure. But Brian, what do you think? Who, who's your okay. uh, who's your over-under? Uh, I'm going to go with the Jets under five and a half. Uh, the only thing is you're going to be paying like minus 145 to get that right now. Mm-hmm. Um but if you do like it, I'd recommend probably getting that now because I have a feeling that's going to go to five. You're probably going to get over under five, and then I'll go closer to even odds. So if you want under five and a half, I would take that now. Yeah. Um, at best, when looking at their schedule as well, I mean, they play the AFC West and the NFC South. So I'm expecting maybe one and seven there, and then <laughs> best within their division, maybe two and four, and then they'll split with Jacksonville and Cleveland. So I'm thinking at best they have four wins. I mean, right. I, I, I'm thinking they – are one of the two worst teams in the NFL next year. Sure. I agree with you. I was actually going to go with that. I, I picked something else. But, yeah, this – and I know you can't have a rebuilding year in New York. You're just not allowed. But this is one of probably three rebuilding years for the Jets. They lost – they left go of Brandy Marshall, Mangold, uh, Revis. The, the last six games, though, that's what jumped out to me, Brian. Panthers, Casey at Denver – at New Orleans, San Diego, and at New England, maybe New England doesn't need it. But for a team that's you know what what uh, three and seven going into that, they're not gonna they're not gonna win. They're yeah, big... it's awful. I I think their first five games they have like two or three winnable games, but right. then after that they go on a stretch of like ten terrible games. Yeah. So. Well, their big free agent signing was Chandler Canzaro, so maybe maybe I'm wrong about all this. <laughs> Darren, what or are you like? Playborn style. That's right. Oh, I forgot. Well, yeah. Sal, who do you luck. think I'm taking? I'm going to take our Cowboys right. over nine and a half. Over it's, now. We're both over. Yeah, but hear me out here, okay? No, first I I'm going to talk about the bad, yeah. and then and then <laughs> we're going to talk about some of the good. Or really, very little good. But let's face, it, we're both still reeling from the lost uh, season last year. Sal, an epic failure in the playoffs. You win 13 games. Mm-hmm. You have home field throughout including the Super Bowl right there in Texas, and you don't even produce one playoff win. Right. Total Darren, disaster. Darren, and you lost to the Giants twice. And we lost to the Giants twice. It's a, to me, that playoff loss is a disaster. Cowboy fans seem to think, oh, don't worry. We're going to be back. We got Dak. We got Zach, you know, uh, Zeke and Dak. And we're going to still, you know, we're going to get back multiple times. You never know. Dak Prescott will slightly regress this year. The offensive line lost two mainstays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they have an entirely new secondary. And, Harry, you'll love this. Jason Garrett will no doubt cost those Cowboys at least one game with his inept late-game clock management. Am I correct, Harry, with that? Always at least one. I love at it. Least, Let's least go over. Very, you know. <laughs> okay, you couple, you, couple on that. All that with, you couple all of that with the tougher schedule. Right. They're going to regress to 10 wins. They're still going to win 10 games oh, this year. Okay. Anything less. Think about that. If the Cowboys go from 13 wins yeah. to nine wins this year, that, that to me is catastrophic for that organization. They cannot afford to win nine games this year. Garrett's job would be on the line as far as I'm concerned if they pull out nine wins. It's funny. I, I had the same reasoning when I took the Panthers over because they, were, they came off 15-1, and one, right? Am I crazy? Or was that uh, two years ago? Yeah. Right? And then uh, what yeah, they no, – Yeah, yeah. And then they went down to, I, I don't even remember, like seven. What did they even have last year? And I always think, like, oh, boy, four wins would be a huge drop-off. But I don't know, Darren. I think, like, you know, they play a first-place schedule this year. And, like, people are like, oh, well, it's only two oh, games. Yeah. It's only a two-game difference. Well, like, yeah, two games in the NFL is like 13%. That's like 20 baseball games. Like That's like the Yankees playing 20 right. games against a, a first-place you know, against the rest of the first place divisions. You know, that's Green Bay and at Atlanta, the extra games. I hope you're right. Over nine and a half could be good. Uh, I'm going to take stay in the Absolutely. same division. But if you think yeah. about that same logic, Sal, if you if they were to lose mm-hmm. four less games than they won last year, that'd be like a baseball team losing how many games right. the next year after winning ninety? That would be them like them winning sixty five. Kind of like right? the so Kansas City Royals using that yeah. same logic. I don't see them regressing that much. Right, this is a team that's supposed to be on the rise, correct? Right, exactly. They're supposed to be on the rise. Right. Let them put their money where their mouth is this year. Harry is going. Harry and Darren are going to fight over the Cowboys uh, Darren, and Giants. Harry's a big Giants fan, and so there's there's a lot of uh, tension all year long. I'm, Go ahead, Harry. I'm just saying, Darren. I'm looking at their schedule right now, and they're they got they're, they got San Francisco and everything else, uh, and they get the Rams, and that's it for cake games. I'm kind of putting the pressure on Garrett this year, Harry. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. See, I don't even know. 
win it's at least time. 10 games this year. You have to win at least 10 games. You, listen, you, you, you didn't win a playoff game last year, right? You never gave Tony Romo a chance to see what you could do, what right. he could do. And you know what? Yep. We were left with nothing. And all the fans seem very content with the season. I am not content with that season last year. And I know Sal's not either. No, I'm not. But I'll tell in you two, one thing. In what, go ahead, Harry. Harry. Harry just will never let this die. You. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut it off eventually. You're you know? the one seed, and you didn't have any wins in the playoffs either. All right. Well, <laughs> you got that right, Harry. <laughs> right. Jeez. Thank you. Uh, Harry, I hope Eli Manning can hear this uh, podcast from his jail cell for uh, stealing <laughs> stolen merchandise. <laughs> All right, Darren, we won't have to worry about Philly because they're going to have under eight and a half wins. That's minus 115. Nice. I don't like what they did free agents-wise. They, they got Alshon Jeffrey. They paid $14 million. Uh they they're the only ones that like Alshon Jeffrey more than Harry, who wasted a first round fantasy pick on him as a keeper, I think, or second round, something oh. crazy. But um, first four at Washington, at KC, New York Giants, and at San Diego. That's rough to start the season. Um, you know, basically, it Wentz picked it up, I think, a little at the end of the year. But you're betting on Wendell Smallwood and some of these guys like that. They finished with the Giants, the Raiders. The Cowboys, all those teams will need to win by the end of the year. I'm going Philly under 8.5, minus 115. All right, so that's it for our picks. Like I said, we'll go, uh, we'll go more in-depth with that sometime in August. I love, I love the NFL. We just had to have a flavor, NFL taste in there somewhere. Let's go to our mailbag. A um, lot of people, a lot of positive feedback. I appreciate it all week. Uh, a lot of people ask, where do you gamble? And... It's a tricky question for us because the, the four of us, we do it the right way. We say who we like, and then one of us flies out to Vegas um, every single night, and we put the bets in legally. Now, I know that's not possible for everyone, so they have these online services. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to lean on, steer you towards one or the other because I always get you know, feedback, oh, this one screwed me, this one didn't pay me out, and this one, so then I feel bad. But I like sportsbook.ag, I like sports.bravada, I like Top Bet. Those are three that I, I, I would recommend, but I really don't want to hear it if they didn't pay you. I'm sorry. You just have to fly to Vegas like the rest of us. Our families hate us, but we make it happen uh, every night. Um, let me look at uh, some of this mail. Darren, someone called you uh, the MJ of parlays. Love the pod, Alex Oberhaus. There you go. That was I, big. I love that guy, Alex. That's yeah, awesome. Alec, all right. I think. Can we add that? That's it. I'm the M. That's. We'll take that one. Oh, MJ of Parlays. Yeah, I love that. I did see that. Yeah. That's great. He's need, he was in, uh, looking for another uh, nickname, so that helps. I think they mean Michael. Are you referring to Michael Jackson? <laughs> I'm Michael Jackson, right? I think it's a, you're the Michael Jackson of Parlays. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. All right, good. Good. That's what I was hoping for. Uh, James Selby says, Cousin Sal, I did a live wager of Ottawa getting plus 240 when down 2-1. to one. Thank you to you and your degenerates. You're welcome, James. Um, John Bonacore, love the podcast. Sounds like four degenerates having conversation outside an OTB here in Brooklyn. Well, mission accomplished. That's all we ever wanted uh, from this thing. Robert Bruce, Cousin Sally did the Ducks plus 450. They were down 2 nothing because of your degenerate buddies. Thanks, Cuz. You're welcome, Robert. And um, let's read some uh, just positive feedback. Tim Anderson says, 12 minutes into Against All Odds. It's already the most degenerate podcast I subscribe to. Congrats. I love it. Stick around, Tim. More to come. Now, um, Will Dorval says, I bet my boss that Against All Odds podcast would be good. I lost. I blame Dr. Parley. Oh, come on, Will. (laughs) Joke's on you, Will. It's not Dr. Parley. It's the Parley Kid, if you can't keep up. That's the name. That's the uh, (laughs) nickname. And uh, so, okay, so I've been looking. And you could write in at Cousin Sal Against All Odds at gmail.com. We're looking for an obscure betting story. We want to put him in our gambling hall of fame. And I got one from a guy named Dipper McGeechee. And he says, hi, Sal. I bet on the World Sauna Championship final in 2010. Would the winner go over or under 15 minutes? I bet under and won. Officials pulled both contestants out of the sauna. After six minutes, one contestant died. So there you go. <laughs> Harry, you haven't done anything that crazy, right? World Sauna Championship uh, in 2010? Uh, I can't say that. That was Dipper who said that? That was Dipper, right? It says Dipper McGeechee. I don't know if that's a made-up name Dipper or Dipper McGeechee, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that's pretty crazy, that's though, nice. that world sauna thing. I looked it up, and, you know, they sit in uh, the sauna is <laughs> 230 degrees. Oh, man. And six minutes, and that was it. <laughs> Where is this done? Where is it even done? Is it overseas? I think it was done in, I think it was in Finland. I think they did it. What was uh, the winning prize, Brian? Uh, I don't even know. I'm, I'm, I that's crazy. Well, I'll, consi- I'll consider it. Depending on how much it is, I hope Dipper. Um, I hope Dipper donated to the uh, the family, <laughs> the the contestant that expired in the in the sauna. That's very sad. But congratulations, Dipper. You're in our uh, you're in our Hall of Fame. All right. Before we sign off, let's get to our picks. Here we go. We waited 40 minutes. Let's start with you, Brian. Who do you like this week coming up? All right. I'm going uh, with the UFC heavyweight championship fight. Uh, it's the main event this weekend, and I'm taking Stipe Miocic uh, minus 145 over Junior Dos Santos. So I'm thinking really uh, Miocic should be like a minus 180, minus 200, so I feel like you're getting a little bit of value here. He did lose to Dos Santos about two and a half years ago, but it's been on uh, a mission ever since. So I'm looking for some uh, revenge here. Uh, he's definitely been dominant. Dos Santos has been pretty much inactive for a while. So we're going to take uh, Miocic uh, minus 145 this weekend. All right, and that's in Texas this weekend, UFC 211. I'll be at Adam Carolla's watching that. He's all of a sudden into the uh, UFC. And, uh, yeah, so this is a rematch. Miocic lost, and but it was, a, it, was, it was a while ago. It was two and a half years ago, like you said. And you like him uh, to step up and, and even things up, right? Yeah. All sure. right. All right, Darren, who do you like? Okay, love Brian's pick. Love that one. Uh, as uh, the uh, MJ of, of uh, parlays <laughs> right here, I am not going to try to reinvent the, uh, the roulette wheel here. Nice. I'm going to give you a solid winner. Nothing cute, nothing fancy. Okay? We're going to be taking a three-team money line parlay. We have the Celtics, minus 180. Okay? The Celtics, uh, even with uh, Oubre back, uh, I, don't feel like, uh, I don't really feel like the Wizards are going to be a threat here. Uh, against the Celtics in Game Five, um, I think. Uh, am I right? Game Five. Yeah, Game I, Five. Yep. It's game Five. Wednesday correct? night. Okay, I'm just uh, yeah losing track of all this Wizard series. It's hard to keep track. Uh, so go Celtics minus 180. Go Caps minus 170. Uh, they were the best team all year. They're finally showing it now. The Washington crowd's going to be in a frenzy. Capitals finally get over the hump. Take the Caps minus 170 on that parlay, and then the last one. Ducks minus 125. Four straight years of Game 7 home losses, Sal. Four straight years. That has to change, right? It can't be five straight years. So no. take the Ducks minus 125. All right, so you got a minus 180 with the Celtics, minus 170 with the Caps, minus 125 with the Ducks. Brian, what's that? Uh, what are the odds right there for the, for the people out there? For that? All right, I need a few more seconds again, like last week. <laughs> I'm going to say three plus three nine. Without He's, even guessing, go ahead. Uh, it's um, it's plus three forty-five. Oh, is that there what it is? Go. So I'm giving you another three forty-five solid winner. Not fancy. Not no, nothing cute about it. Just take that parlay. I think it's kind of cute. I think you sell yourself short. That was pretty cute. The Caps are zero and three in Game Sevens against Pittsburgh. But that's uh, I like that. I like that. All right, let's go to Harry real quick. What do you like? Well, unlike you, Darren, I am going to get cute and fancy with a two-team golf parlay. Oh, for God's They're in, uh, the players <laughs> The Players' Championship is this week, and I've got a two-teamer. Brian, if you can figure this out, it's both players to finish in the top 20. I'm taking Rory McIlroy and Hideki Matsuyama. Now, my theory behind this is that these guys, the past four years, uh, for Rory in the past three for Hideki. Um, they played that tournament fantastic. Rory's finished 8th, 12th, 6th, and 8th. Matsuyama's finished uh, 23rd, his first time playing there at 22 years old, and then 17th, and then last year he finished 7th. So I'm going Matsuyama at minus 120, Rory at minus 235 for a two-teamer, and both guys to finish in the top 20. That's great. Brian? Minus, minus, so it's minus 120 and minus 235? Yep. <laughs> All right, so it's uh, plus 161. Uh, Not too shabby. All right. I, I mean, I, I, shame on me for uh, thinking that Harry would take the segment seriously, but okay. 
That's a, two golfers. First of all, it's not a team, two team parlay when you have golfers. But I guess we should be happy that uh, we've heard of these two at least. This is the Players Championship. You said Players Championship. Both guys have finished in the top twenty, and like I said, uh, Rory's been phenomenal, and uh, Matsuyama's been pretty good there too. All right, I'm going to shift back to basketball. Celtics Wizards game five Wednesday night. Largest lead. I'm going over sixteen for the largest lead. Uh, game one, the Wizards were up 16 nothing. Game two, you know, they, they Washington had 42 in the first quarter in game two. Game three, they won by 27. Game four, they won by 19. Look, neither team could guard the three. Both of them shoot the three well. Uh, these games are in the 220s, 230s, 240s. There's lots of points, lots of runs. I like the largest lead over 16 in the Celtics-Wizards game five. And that's it. Those are our picks. I think you can uh, keep track of these on the website. I'll, I'll figure it out. We're going we're gonna to talk about that. And all right, that's it. The Degenerate Trifecta. Thank you for joining us. We're going to switch gears, fellas, and talk to James Scully, the winner of the $75,000 uh, Superfecta for the Kentucky Derby. I'm going to talk to him in a few minutes. Thanks, guys. You got right, it. Buddy. All See right. you, pal. Thanks, Sal. Take care, guys. Before we get to the interviewer with our Superfector winner, James Scully, a quick word from our sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. ZipRecruiter's handy website shows trending career fields, cities, and searches. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com odds. That's ZipRecruiter.com odds. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com odds. All right, let's keep it going. On the line right now, the winner, the only winner of the $75,000 Superfect in this past Saturday's Kentucky Derby, James Scully is with us. Hey, James, how's it going? Doing well, Sal, doing well. All right, thanks for joining. I, wasn't, I have to say one thing. I think there was 133 winning tickets, so I wasn't the only ticket. Oh, but, really? Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was, you know, the Derby has, like, uh, does, it wound up with 200 total million dollars on that card and handle and i think there was like 12 million in the superfecta pool i see oh okay i thought we had the only winner now oh let, let's hang up then why are we even <laughs> doing this no I'm, I'm happy to have you this is good. shows you how much research i do i think at one point someone declared you uh the only winner but uh I, that's well how i would uh if i were you i'd go around and tell everyone you were the only one but congratulate either way seventy five thousand dollars on a horse race is quite an achievement uh, and well, tell me, what's your background? You you have a you have a job at Churchill Downs, right? Right, I work for uh, Churchill Downs. I'm a writer slash handicapper for TwinSpires.com, uh, our betting site. We also have Brisnet.com that I we have news on, so I write for that. And we also handle the news for KentuckyDerby.com. So you can find my uh, my uh, features and any handicapping articles I write on one of those three websites. So it's safe to say, and I think my audiences will be good, they won't hate your guts uh, now, thinking that you're the a first-time better who hit on a superfecta. But uh, you've, you've been through this before, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. My first derby was in the 80s, you know, and uh, been following the derby for years and work, worked for Churchill for the last nine years now. So, yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm up there for the entire week. I'm in Lexington, Kentucky is where I live, but – I spend the week in Louisville, and then I'm heading to the Preak next next uh, week for the to cover the race for uh, our websites. Mm-hmm. And what kind of edge? So you actually like get to hang around the horse. You see these horses out at bars and everything. You do. Is it a, is it a big edge? Would you say being right there in the Kentucky area? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, especially in my workplace. You know, we're the we're we're an information database, so I have access to all of our speed and pace and class ratings, and you know, spend a lot of time. I mean, the only way to to be successful uh, at betting horses is to follow it. You know, it's all about uh, it's all about the you know re- the work you put into it and the having discipline to uh, 
you know, maximize your opinions. It's interesting you say that because I find with sports betting, it might be just the opposite. You hit like a saturation point where if you know too much, it hurts you. Look, take look at look at Pete Rose for example, who knows more about baseball, <laughs> and he was a terrible baseball gambler. He bet on whether he bet on his own team or not, he couldn't win. Uh, if his life depended on it, you're saying the more intel you do, the more knowledge you have, the better off. Right, right, and I think part of Pete's problem was he was just a degenerate where he had to bet on every game. If, he might have had strong opinions that were correct, but he offset those wins with a bunch of other losers because he was playing every single game. Right. You have to pick your spots. That's what you say, right? You, you, don't, you don't go for it right, every time. Right, correct. All right, so for idiots... And that's the same thing with the Superfecta. You know, you can, play, you can play it either two ways. You can box, a, you know, a bunch of numbers, or you can play part wheels where you leverage an opinion, and that's how I hit the, the Superfecta. That winning ticket was one of several I have where I was basically leveraging the winner uh, always dreaming with three other horses that had to be second, third, or fourth. And that was the ticket where one of those horses ran fourth. And then I used a whole bunch of horses around them. But, you know, if you're betting a box, you're basically giving every horse the same win percentage chance, whether you're betting a four-horse or a ten-horse box. So I'm not doing that because I came into it confident you know i mean confidence is a you know best friend of a better sometimes right. uh confident that my pick always dreaming was going to win the kentucky derby okay so that let's let's start at the basic for idiots like me who don't aren't familiar but the superfect is picking the top four horses in a race right first second third and fourth is that correct correct okay so correct. then you had always dreaming you like this horse is going to win i'm going to surround it with other horses how now how many you might have just answered that but how many did you say you surrounded with always dreaming the the key horses around always dreaming were three okay. and i those three were classic empire mccracken and practical joke gotcha okay and, and those three had to one of those three had to run second third or fourth so that necessitated three separate tickets with that trio in all of those slots. Fortunately for me, Classic Empire ran fourth. So on that one ticket, what I was able to do in the other spots, I used 10 horses in one spot, 15 in the other. But mm-hmm. you could you could make that break up. You know, you could make it a lot smaller for a lot less money where you had one, three, and then say six and eight or something or five and eight. You could do it for a lot less money. My, my, the amount of horses I used around the, the winner and then the three key horses was all dependent on my bankroll. I hear you. I got you. So, but now, so you obviously had a plan going into the race. Did the sloppy track change that plan at all, or you just you were sticking with your guns? No, I was just pretty much looking right through that, and uh, you know, hoping it didn't have an, a negative effect. Okay, so let's take. I it- definitely added. I will say, I added one or two horses that had a, had run well on the slop to it. I mean, that was the difference for a couple horses, but as far as the key horses went, no, I was already set on those. It didn't matter, right. Okay, so let's take the, to the day of. So you have, you're, you're, it's right before the big race. How many tickets are you actually holding physically in your hands going into that race? I have four. Okay. I have four tickets. I had one backup where I take those three and I put them first, and then I have Always Dream in the winner who, who wound up my top pick second. Mm-hmm. But on the other three tickets, I have always dreaming to win on all three. And then, like I said, I build them. Basically, it's one by three by 10 by 15, one by uh, 10 by three by 15, and then one by 10 by 15 by three. I'm sorry to complicate you with numbers there. No, but that's okay. I, that I would trust be the, that's, that. Would, someone understands. That would be us. the format of the <laughs> Superfected tickets. Gotcha. Well, it worked. And let me. So, when did you know for sure that you had won? Was it a minute after the race? Was it was it less? Was it the last quarter? What? what, did, <laughs> what when, who are you watching? What? I like to know I mean, like the I exact was moment. I was out watching the race. Mm-hmm. I was out watching it in the uh, special section for the media, and I could have told you, you know, five minutes before the race, every single horse's number, his trainer, jockeys. But in the excitement of the moment, cheering on always dreaming, because I did have some win money and place money and show money on them, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to miss that superfecta and not cash if always dreaming won. Right. Um, so I had some money on him. I had a good size win, place show bets on him. But uh, so I was cheering for him, and in the in the confusion of the moment, I was like, "Who's the 11? You know, <laughs> who wow. ran third? And it was Battle of Midway. 
And when I realized who it was, then yeah, I got a little bit excited. Wow! And then do do you tell uh, you you watching with buddies or, or uh, other media guys right around? Yeah, you? and they know they know right yeah, away. Yeah, watched watch it with a couple of my colleagues that I work with, Ed DeRozan, Van Hansen, and then a bunch of other media people right around us. Excellent, excellent. So always dreaming now is minus five hundred. You have to lay five dollars to win a dollar to complete the tr- triple crown. Is that a good bet? Do you think? No, no. no. I think you know the thing about it is now is that the Preakness winner, a Derby winner, comes back and wins the Preakness all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fifteen in the last thirty-nine years have done so, uh, but it's always the Belmont Stakes, or typically, most often, it's the Belmont Stakes that trips them up. So, if I was looking to beat Always Dreaming, I would count on him uh, uh, winning the hope. Hope he wins the Preakness in a sense, because then it'll be a huge Belmont favor, and then I'd play against him in the mile and a half race. The third in five weeks, because that's a race that trips up most uh, Triple Crown uh, hopefuls. And why do you think that is? It's just too much pressure. They now these horses have girls throwing themselves, female horses throwing themselves at them, and they're boozing it up. Like what? Why? Why is yeah. it that third race that uh, that really um, spooks everybody? You know, there's different there's different uh, thought processes. You know, for some horses, it's just a little bit too far. Some of them are able to get a mile and a quarter and a mile and three sixteenths, but they can't get a mile and a half. And the other factor is when you go to the Derby and then you come back two weeks later in the Preakness, you're you're basically stringing together two big efforts if you win both in a short period of time, and that can leave you a little bit over the top. And those horses just can't, you know, get back to 100% effort or performance on the three-week turnaround. So, uh, you know, it's going to be one or the other usually. And sometimes it's just bad luck. There's been a couple horses like Big Brown, his foot fell apart right before the race, and mm-hmm. they pulled him up in the race. So it was an in- in spectacular bit as well. He stepped on a safety pin. So right. that's just bad racing luck. So what are you going to do? Uh, what's your plan for the Preakness uh, as far as monetarily, are you going to keep the same system going, or are you going to push a little, push a little harder? Yeah, I mean, it's going. To, you know, it's going to take a. It depends a little bit. If they've got a fourteen horse field, I may take a shot at it. But that's the kind of race where I also I'll be looking to hit some big exactts. I'll try to maximize an opinion, like say, because I, I like always streaming to win the Preakness, like I said, mm-hmm. and I'll try to like uh, perhaps just you know hit a. a $50 straight exacta underneath with like a couple horses I think could run second. You know, one thing I won't be looking to do is play the second choice though underneath it because that's the lowest possible return. All right. All right. Well, James, I'd like to give you a plug. Where can people reach you if they want to borrow money? <laughs> Twinspires.com uh, and brisnet.com. B R I S N E T.com. All right, great. James uh, Scully won $75,000, learned his lesson, will never gamble again. It's quite a story. Thanks thanks for joining us, James. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Sal. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. You can email us at cousinsalagainstalloddz at gmail.com. I'm looking to add members of the Degenerate Hall of Fame. Uh, some guy who been on the World Sauna Championship is already in. Hit me up on Twitter at the Cousin Sal. Join my $100 prop bet challenge on Cousin Sal's Sure Thing Facebook page. And watch Jimmy Kimmel Live weeknights, 1135 on ABC. If you have a few bucks left over from a big win, please donate to Children's Hospital at www.chla.org. They saved my cousin Billy's life. They need more funding to keep it going for other newborns in need. That's that. Special thanks to Superfecta winner James Scully and my degenerate trifecta. Until next week, I'm Cousin Sal saying happy handicapping. Nine.